Good morning, friends. You've tuned into Faith Communications with Pastor James Dumont of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. We're delighted that you joined us today. Our hope is that today's message will help you to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we listen to today's message, keep in mind that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now let's go right into today's broadcast. As we sing, the Lord takes me back and I'm sitting on the laundry room floor and I am weeping because I'm failing, failing at what you've called me to do. I'm failing. There's failure all around me. And he took me back there and he said, I accept you there. And failure is a lie because I live on the inside. And in that moment that you felt failure, the truth is that I sat on the floor beside you. And I washed a tissue and it ruined a whole load of clothes. And it broke me because I was that close to breaking. He accepts you. And you are never alone. Is a theme last week. It's a theme this week. It is a truth that will never change. He is good. He is good. He is ever present with you. He will never leave you. He has never left you. And when Pastor laid dead on the side of the road, Jesus was kneeling right beside him. And when Pam was across the way being held back by a police officer, Jesus was around her. He was never alone. She was never alone. On the floor of my laundry room, consumed by feelings of failure, I was not alone. And I was accepted. You are accepted. It is not a meritocracy. His love is not based on how well you do. It is the blood and it is the body. And you are accepted. He will never leave you. What shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, the sword? No, 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 no. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors. In all these things, we are more than conquerors. Through Him who loved us who accepted us, who cares for us, who loves us, who wants a relationship with us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities, nor powers nor things present nor things to come, nor height nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Church, nothing can separate us from His love. 
Nothing can separate us from his love. And because of him, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. Heavenly Father, we just, we worship you this morning. We worship you this morning. And as this time of worship comes to a close, we are not going to stop worshiping you. We will continue to worship you for the rest of this service. As we go to the lobby, as we leave, as we go to our cars, as we go to our homes, to our schools, to our workplaces, we will worship you. For nothing can separate us from you. Nothing can separate us. And we thank you, Lord, that you are for us. And because you are for us, it doesn't matter what comes against us. It does not matter what comes against us. For you are for us. You love us. You care for us. And you accept us. You accept us broken. You accept us as sinners. You accept us in every failure that we have. You accept us. And you love us. And we worship you for it. We worship you for it. In Jesus' mighty, mighty name, we pray. Amen. Amen. We'll turn around and greet someone, say hello, say God is for you. Hallelujah. Oh, really? Oh my goodness gracious. What a beautiful, beautiful. Let's give the team a hand. I always tell the team, try not to do things that make me cry. Right before I'm supposed to get up and preach. You know, and then they do these things. <clears throat> so, Russ, I think we have a one-on-one Tuesday afternoon. We'll have to have a discussion about this. <laughs> I do cry a lot of everything now. You guys ready for the Word of God today? Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your Word. We thank you that it is truth. We thank you that it penetrates our hearts. We thank you, Father, that it changes our lives. We thank you, Father, that we can do all things through that word because of you. And Father, open our ears, open our eyes, soften our hearts to hear your word today and what you will have for us. And Father, let nobody, including myself, walk through these doors this afternoon or today change. Let us be changed. Let us be changed, changed, changed. Let us not walk through these doors the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. How's everybody doing? Good? Just a little good or a lot good? Okay, so we're doing this series called The Authority of the Believer. Anybody have some opportunity over the past week or two to take some authority over some situations? Come on, let me see your hands. It's okay. uh, Seriously. It's like, come on. So I talked a little bit about some of those headaches I was getting. And, you know, we prayed, and we just broke a spirit of just a fear and of guilt in my life. 
And you know what? I would start to feel some of those headaches coming back. Maybe two or three times in the past week, I knew exactly what the enemy was trying to do. I knew exactly what it was. I said, no, 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 no. I take authority over the spirit of fear and of guilt in the name of Jesus, and I cast it down. And I'm telling you, within minute, the headache did not progress. So guys, the word is true. The word works. What he has taught us, what I'm teaching, you can do as well. And I encourage you, it takes practice. Keep doing it and doing it and doing it, taking authority. So I want to continue that series this morning because, you know, we're getting close to well, we are in the Christmas season, right? And what I realize more and more, the only way we can take authority is because of Jesus. Because of the name of Jesus. Because of what he did. So what, what not better to teach on or to talk about than his name and what his name can do and the authority we have in his name during this Christmas season. So that's what we want to do uh, again this morning. We've been talking again about the authority of the believer. And authority, what we've been teaching on, is delegated power. It's delegated power. It's the right to command and to enforce obedience. The the right to command it and then to enforce obedience. But the value of that power rests in the power that's behind it. So our authority is truly in God because of his power, because of Jesus, and because of his name. And you say, well, why do I need this? Has anybody actually lived a day in their life? Yes. You know exactly why we need this. Because we have an enemy. And that enemy is looking to what? Steal, kill, and to destroy. And I talked about this a little bit last week. Or maybe it was on Wednesday night. I don't remember anymore. But this is a progression. It's a progression. First he comes to steal. And then to kill and ultimately destroy. Generations. You know, you think he's after you in particular? Well, he is, but I'm telling you what. He is after the generations that come to follow. So that destroy is talking about the generations that he wants to destroy, but first he has to begin to steal. And because we are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, he cannot steal any more from us. He cannot steal any more from us. And once we stop the stealing, guess what? He can't do. He cannot kill then. And he cannot destroy then. So it's so important we understand his strategy. And his strategy is to steal first. So we've got to get our heads wrapped around that. Last week, we talked about the seven ways to have authority to reign in life. We said there are seven ways to have authority to reign in life. I'm not going to go through these seven again. But what I want to talk to you about a little bit is I reordered them a little bit. So for those who took notes last week and they're like, well, wait a second, Pastor Jason, that's not the same order. If you're saying that, thank you for listening, taking notes and studying all week on what I had to say, well, what God had to say through me, because certainly this is not, I am not coming up with this stuff, okay? This is absolutely the Holy Spirit. But it was decide to reign, declare it, realize the greater one is inside of you. And then repent and forget past failures. And then forgive and get rid of strife. You see, those two need to be together because what I want to talk about this morning is how we need to be ready for the battle. 
You see, but these are somewhat in order. We need to decide, declare, and realize who we are in Christ. Our identity in Christ and who we are. The actual authority that we have. The inheritance that we have. We need to decide, declare, and realize that. But then we've got to cleanse our hearts a little bit. We need to cleanse our heart a little bit. We need to repent and forget those past failures. We need to turn away from the sins that have been plaguing us. I needed to turn away from that spirit of fear and say, no more in my life. No more. Well, I, no more. And I had to decide, declare, and then I have to work on it. Church, we have to work on it. It's not like, oh, I heard the message, I went home and I said, no more. And you think the enemy just says, now, good, we're going to let them alone now. Probably all the difference. The opposite, right? They're looking like, oh, he's probably like, oh, man. This person knows what's going on now. I better up the ante because I have to steal before I can kill and destroy. So um, he's working on stealing and strategies. Church, he has a strategy specifically for your life. Do you realize this? It may say steal, but he's got a strategy on how to steal your healing, how to steal your prosperity, how to steal your righteousness, and who understand who you are in Christ. He's looking to try to steal that, but he can't. And we have to get an understanding of that. We can't. He can't. So I, re- I switched those two because I want to talk about number six, being ready for battle. And point seven was praising God by faith. So in order, before we get ready for battle, and I'm going to spend some time in Ephesians 6, and I want to talk about some of the armor that Paul commands us to put on and to do. And the amazing thing, like we've heard this before, but he just has illuminated some things on how they're linked together that I hope, I pray, I know, I believe... Ooh, that sounds that progression of what I'm saying. I went from hoping to knowing to praying to believing. Amen? That's a pretty good progression. To believing that it's going to help you in your life. Because it's helping me in my life. But before I get there, I want to go to Matthew 13. I want to go to Matthew 13. And I want to just spend a minute on this because the enemy does come to steal first. And as I said, that number, those two numbers on there is we have to forgive Get rid of that strife, repent and forget. We need to prepare our hearts, and how do we do that? Matthew 13, and starting in verse 18, I shared a little bit about this on Wednesday night, and it bears talking about briefly again today. Side note on Wednesday night. If you have a physical need for healing in your life, you need to come out on Wednesday night. The Lord had been putting that on my heart for a long time. I wrote it in several journals in several different places. And last Wednesday night, pastor leaned over to me and says, hey, I think we should start praying for the sick on Wednesday night. And I was like, oh yeah. I think I feel that same way. And when you know Brother Paul was on maybe a Tuesday, Wednesday, I don't know when it was, but we should pray for the sick on Wednesday night. Okay, got it. So, I'm encouraging you to come out Wednesday night. And pastor's preaching this Wednesday night. How many know he knows a little bit about health and healing and wholeness? So if you know somebody who needs a little bit of help with healing and wholeness in their life, invite them. Come with them. Come out on Wednesday night. Okay, but on Wednesday, last Wednesday night, I was talking a little bit about preparing our hearts. And I used the, the parable analogy that, that Jesus used in Matthew 13. Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes 
and snatches away that what was sown in his heart. This is he who received the seed by the wayside. Who came to take it away? The wicked one. What did he come to? He came to steal the word. And you see, that word, if you look at it, if you read it, it was, it was scattered on the path. It was on harder ground. And so it was only planted just a little bit. And the enemy could come and steal it away. And if you look at the next verse, it says, But he who received the seed on the stony places is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises, it doesn't say if it comes, it says what? When it comes, it's coming, it's going to come. Because of the word, immediately he stumbles. So you think of this analogy is someone who's on the path walking. You think of us walking on the path. When we're walking on a path, we're, we're pounding something down, are we not? Keep walking. So it becomes hard ground. And it doesn't take root. And then you start thinking about just off the path are stones, usually. Nice path has some stones. And what this verse is saying is when that seed of the Word of God goes into those stones, they get choked out. They get choked out. And so you have the path, and now you have the stones. Well, what's next? Do I get to solid ground, or do I get to good fertile ground here yet? No, not yet. Unfortunately, this is a process. This takes time. We have to make this intentional of getting this word inside of our hearts, in good ground, preparing our hearts. Preparing our hearts for the word so it can, it can settle in and be planted. It says in verse 22, Now he who receives... The seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of the world and deceitfulness of riches choke out the world and word and becomes unfruitful. So we've got the path. Now we've got the stones. Now we've got thorns. And we're, all we're trying to do is make it to the good ground. This is, this is not easy is what I'm trying to tell you. You have to be intentional about it. Standing on rocks kind of, you know, you start twisting your ankle. It's kind of a a bit of a pain, really. Who wants to walk there? Difficult. See, the Bible talks about walking. The easy path is not the path that God has you on. It's the narrow, it's the difficult path that he's calling us to. It's the difficult path. And then next is what the thorns. Anybody walk through thorns? Anybody have to spend some time trying to get through somewhere to get to thorns? Most of the time, what do we do? We say, uh-uh, I'm just going to back up. I'm not even going to try to get through there. And what the Lord is encouraging us today is say, you know what? Get through those thorns. It's going to hurt a little bit. But we have to cultivate our hearts and be ready for God's word. We have to, what I said on Wednesday night was to rototill it. You think of a rototiller, what does it do? Man, it just churns it all up. And if there's a rock in there, guess what? It exposes it and you have to get rid of it. It exposes it. Well, I'm going to plant some seeds on this rock. No, you're not. The rototill tears it up and shows the rock. You've got to get rid of it. It's breaking up the thorns. It's breaking up that hard ground, that path. And so we have to do the same thing with our hearts. We have to prepare our hearts as sometimes difficult as it is to get through those stones, get through those thorns, and get our hearts ready. We have to rototill our hearts. Because why? Because there is a battle. And we need to be ready for the battle. So I'm going to go, go with me to Ephesians 6 as I'm preparing us here for this. 
You guys okay? You out there this, this morning? Amen. This is good. God is good. Go to Ephesians 6. I want to talk about putting on this full armor of God. What does it mean? Why is it important? And what, what is it, why do we even want to do it? And before I get to it, I want to talk a little bit about this, this letter to the Ephesian church. I feel as I read through it over and over, it's like progressive. It's like building to something. And you see, when you write a letter to some, somebody or you're writing a paper or something like that, you're building to a conclusion. You're building to something that is of the utmost importance. But before you get there, you have to hear this and this and this and this. And it's kind of like setting a foundation for what Paul wanted to tell the Ephesian church. So in Ephesians 1, he's talking about we can have redemption in Christ. This is a fundamental that we have to understand and learn and grow in. And we can have access to spiritual wisdom. So before we're fighting this battle and putting on all this armor, we have to understand all these truths as it's building up to this, to this armor that we get to put on. Ephesians 2 talks about grace through faith. Peace is now ours. Christ is our cornerstone. Again, just building up our faith to understand, hey, God is for me. He's not against me. He's for me. I've been saved by grace, through faith. All of these fundamentals are building. In chapter 3, he's talking about knowledge and appreciation and that God can do all things. In chapter 4, he starts talking about walking in unity and giving us gifts. And then specifically in verse 25, 26, 28, 29, this range, he talks about putting away lying, speaking the truth with your neighbor, being angry and not sinning. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Give no place for the devil. So he's preparing us over and over in this letter as it's progressing to let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away from us. Get all this stuff out of our lives. Can we do that this morning? Let's get that stuff out of our lives because we're in a battle. And before I even suit up, I want to get this stuff out of the way so I'm ready and prepared for the battle that's in front of me. In Ephesians 5, he talks about walking in love, walking in the light, walking in wisdom, and walking in our relationships. So now we're walking. Now we're going somewhere, are we not? And when we're going somewhere, and we're making progress somewhere, is where the enemy really begins to start trying to come after us. And it's now that we have these foundations set. Now it's like, you know what? You're not walking alone, but I suggest that you start using some of the things I've given you for this walk that you're now on. Does this make sense? You get this today? So, all right, let's, let's read Ephesians 6, starting in verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For, Why? For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. We're not wrestling against each other. But against the principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to what? Stand. So you're walking... And here comes the challenges of life. You know what? I'm ready. I'm going to stand. I'm going to put on this armor. So it starts talking about the armor. 
It says, stand therefore having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplications for the saints. So, first one that he says to put on. He says you have to put on, you have to gird your loins with what? With truth. Gird your loins with truth. What does this mean? Well, if you understood what a soldier did, this, this girding of this loin that they put on was like this belt that actually held everything together. It was the thing that connected everything. The breastplate connected, and the sword was connected into it. And even when they weren't in battle, the shield actually rested on it because the shield was so heavy. So what is the truth? It's the written word of God. Every day we have to put on that truth. The written word of God has to be a priority in our life. We have to read it. We have to understand it. We have to be prepared to know it, to memorize it. The believer must have this weapon on at all times. At all times. If the reading of God's word is not a priority in your life, you can't even put on the rest of the armor. Do you understand that? If that's not a priority in your life, it's like, well, I don't have anywhere to rest the shield. I have nowhere to put the sword. The, 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 the breastplate of righteousness. I, it's, now it doesn't even all make any sense anymore. <clears throat> you have to put on this belt of truth first. When you don't read your Bible, you can't hear faith of God. That's in the Word. And without faith in the Word... You will walk in doubt and unbelief. I'm going to say it again. I only got one that's right. Without faith in the word, you will walk in doubt and unbelief. You are not able to stand against the enemy, for he creates chaos and opposition in your life. You need the belt on. The next one he talks about is the breastplate of righteousness. You see, the breastplate came in two parts. There was a front and a back. It was was there to protect, basically, your vital organs all around here. To cover the front and the back. It was shiny. It was beautiful. It was the most glamorous of everything that you put on. Because you get to walk around with this breastplate of righteousness on. How many of us, every day, need to walk around with the breastplate of righteousness on. This should be shining for the world to see. I'm different than the rest of the world. Look at my breastplate of righteousness. Now, if you walk into work and say that tomorrow because Pastor Jason said to say that, people will be like, what are you talking about? Okay, you don't have to say that, but they should sense it. They should feel it. The breastplate of righteousness in our lives causes our light to shine to a world that is full of darkness. That breastplate was beautiful. It looked amazing. We, when we put this on, we are then protected as we move into the devil's territory and take back what he has stolen from us. When we're walking in now, it's time to walk, and stuff's coming at us. No, 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 I got my breastplate of righteousness on. I don't think so. I'm here to take back what the devil has stolen. Amen?
It says, next it says, the shod your feet in the preparation of the gospel of peace. These were brass boots for the feet that kind of covered the front of the leg. And the sole was often used to protect your feet from rocks, from thorns. Oh, have we just not talked about rocks and thorns? Oh my goodness. So as you're walking through, off that path, through the rocks, through the thorns, you have on these shoes with what? Of peace. He's going to give you peace as you're walking. There may be things trying to affect you, but you're going to have peace. Shod in the Greek conveys an idea of binding something very tightly to the bottom one. You have to bind yourself with peace tightly. It needs to be your compass. It needs to be your guide. It needs to be how you walk through this life with peace. Not with fear, not with anxiety, not with confusion, but with peace. This is what he promises us. We need to put that peace on. When we bind peace around our lives, we make sure that it has a firm grip on our lives. And that weapon of peace in our lives keeps the enemy where? Under our feet. Under our feet. Peace gives us confidence that when we step out in faith, huh? step out in faith. Anybody remember anybody who stepped out in faith in the Bible? He stepped out in faith. We can have peace when we t- take a step of faith. Next is the shield of faith. It was in verse 16. It says, Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one. Okay, so the enemy's got this plan for you and he is firing the darts at you. You may not know they're coming. You may know they're coming. What he's talking about is this shield. See, this shield was linked where? On the belt. It was linked on the belt. Which means, how do we grow our faith? By hearing what? The Word of God. These things are linked together, church. You can't go without this, this truth belt that you have to have on each and every day. It's the only thing that allows you to have that shield. And as you grow, and when they are connected together, when your faith begins to grow, that shield becomes stronger. That shield becomes stronger. Your faith must always be attached to the Word of God. Then the next one is the helmet of salvation. The soldier's helmet was very flamboyant, ornate, which made it very noticeable. So the the breastplate was very noticeable, and then the helmet was very noticeable. You see, our salvation needs to be very noticeable to the world. Our salvation needs to be very noticeable to the world. You don't have to go in there and start slamming the Bible down at work. They ought to come to you and say, my goodness, why such peace in difficult times? This world is absolutely crazy. Why are you not worried about this? You send your kids to school and you just, you don't worry, but you pray and have peace? How is this even possible? Well, I can't do it on my own. Let me tell you how and why I can do that. And it gives you an opportunity to share the gospel message. So that helmet of salvation needs to be firmly placed on our head. Because during battle, the helmet protects what? Us from losing our head. Doesn't it? It protects us from losing our head. You see, the enemy is attacking our... He tries to come after our mind. And once he gets the head, he's got everything else. So we cannot let him take our heads. Then the sword of the Spirit, which is what? The Word of God. Now this is now the spoken word of God. 
So the, the truth belt was the written word of God. Now it's the spoken word of God. Now you start, see, they're connected. to the, You pull the sword out, don't you? It's connected. And now, now this is my weapon. Not only am I girded together here with the truth of the, of the written word, now I've got the spoken word. Now I'm on the offensive. Now I'm in battle. Now I'm, I'm not just standing there with my righteousness plate and my shield of faith. Now i got the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now I begin to speak the words, and I take the authority over the situation. I take the authority over fear. I take the authority over something in sin that has bonded me in my life for years. Now I take authority in the name of Jesus. By the spoken word. That's the sword of the Spirit. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. It's designed to gut the enemy. Ooh. Ooh. That's a little exciting. A little gross. Are the kids in here today? <clears throat> to gut the enemy. To stick it in there. To take it out. Take him out. Amen? What do we take him out? The spoken word. You need to speak the authority. You need to speak the name of Jesus over your situation. You need to speak it. Russ, you want to come back up here? I could go on for a long time here. But I won't this morning. The last one he talks about is praying in the Spirit. And praying in the Spirit, much like the sword of the Spirit, prayer is a powerful weapon in your arsenal. Roman soldiers used to have a lance called a pilum that they would throw as a weapon at the enemy from a distance to strike soldiers down to the ground before they even entered the enemy's camp. You see, that is what prayer is. It is something that we take from our loin belt and we toss it at the enemy. We throw it out there and we say... In the name of Jesus, we present this request to you. And we toss it out. And the power of that prayer and praying in the Spirit, this is why it has such effect on our lives. Because it's taking stuff out before we even know what we're fighting. When you're fighting with a sword, you're fighting pretty close. You can kind of see what's coming at you. But then when we use prayer, we are throwing that that lance or that pylon, we're throwing it out at them. It's hitting stuff even in the dark. A lot of times they attacked at night, did they not? You don't even know what's going on. So in the night when you're praying, you are tossing these things at the enemy. Boom, 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 taking them out. This is how we have to be. This is how we take authority as, our, as a believer. This is what we have to do. Starting today. And here's the beautiful thing is we don't have to do this alone. We have fellow believers that fight this battle with us. And you think when you're fighting a battle side by side by side by side, we're fighting this battle together. We're not going at it alone. Because when we go at it alone... The enemy comes from every direction, but when we have support and we have a church and we have a family moving together into battle, we're taking ground. We are taking ground. In Acts 9, it says, Then Saul, 
This was before he became Paul. Still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord. Went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus so that if he found any who were of the way, the way of Jesus, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus. And suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Was Paul actually, or Saul at this case, was he actually persecuting Jesus in the flesh? Uh Uh-uh. He wasn't. He was persecuting the church. But Jesus didn't say, hey, you're persecuting my friends. What did he say? He said, you're persecuting me. You see, so Jesus is walking with us. In this battle, he is right with us. He told Saul, no, 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 no. You're persecuting the church, but what are you, you're persecuting me. Personally. Because I am the church. I am with them. I am for them. The Bible says that he will never leave you and never forsake you. He says that you can do all things through Christ. We are heirs with Him. We cannot do this on our own. But what we can do is in Him we can move. In Him we can battle. And in Him we can fight. Stand with me this morning. Heavenly Father, we just come to You This morning, we thank you that you are with us, that you are for us, that you love us, that you care for us, that we are walking this path with you. We are fighting this battle with you. That you surround us with your love, that you have accepted us. And we're so grateful for it. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. I would just ask, we're not going to do an altar call this morning. But I'd like to just ask if everybody just closes your eyes, bows your heads. If you say this morning, Pastor Jason, I just need some prayer, some strength to put on this armor. Because if we remember that prayer is throwing those darts out, it's actually giving us a chance to take a breath and to put the armor on. Because sometimes when you're right in the midst of the battle, you can't even, you don't have time to get the armor on. And you say, I need some time to get the armor on. 
If that's you today, if you just say, I'm not, it's not a salvation prayer, all it is is saying, this morning I want prayer so that I am strengthened by Him day in and day out to put this armor on. Just raise your hand this morning. I want to pray for you. Hallelujah. I see all of your hands. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Heavenly Father, strengthen us. We thank you that you go out before us. Father, thank you for making a way for us, for paving the path for us. Father, thank you for the help in rototilling our heart and getting rid of the junk that holds us back from allowing your word to be planted in our lives. And we cast it down and we reject that junk now in the name of Jesus. We take authority over sin, over fear, over every spirit that is not of you in the name of Jesus now. We take authority over it and we put it under our feet. And Father, help us this morning to put on that full armor. To put it all on, every piece of it. As we walk through this life, battling not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of darkness. And Father, strengthen us because we rest that we cannot do this on our own. We can only do it with you. And Father, help us to move in you, to be with you, to do this life with you and with others that you've placed in our lives. And we thank you for all these things as you're strengthening us this morning. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen and amen and amen. Hallelujah. The Lord is doing amazing things. I know it. If you're a small group leader... Come on up here, and uh, if you need prayer, the small group leaders will pray for you this morning. Otherwise, you are dismissed. Enjoy what I believe is to be a warm day in December. So enjoy it. Amen. Thank you for being a part of today's Faith Communications broadcast with Pastor James Dumont of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. If you do not currently have a church home, you are invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. Erie Christian Fellowship is located at 5900 Saratania Road, directly across from the Walnut Creek Middle School. You'll find us on the web at www.ecfchurch.org, where you may sign up to receive our monthly Faith Communications newsletter. Again, thanks for joining us today, and always remember 2 Corinthians 5-7 that declares, For we walk by faith, not by sight.